Before we start today's episode, I want to give a quick shout out to Zencaster, which is a podcaster's best friend. Trust me when I tell you this. Zencaster is like the Shopify for podcasters. It's all you need to get up and running as a podcaster. And the best thing about Zencaster is that you get so much stuff for free. If you are planning to check out the platform, then please show your support for the Founder Thesis podcast by using this link: zen.ai/founderthesis. That's zen.ai/founderthesis. Hi, I'm Akash. I am co-founder and CEO of Cash Free Payments. एक मिनट रुक जाओ, रेडी होने दो। चलो, ये कर लेते हैं। This could be a great intro. <laughs> Hi, I am Akshay. Hi, this is Saurabh and you are listening to the Founder Thesis podcast. We meet some of the most celebrated startup founders in the country and we want to learn how to build a unicorn. Have you heard of Stripe? It's a payments API company worth almost 100 billion dollars. In fact, the most valuable unlisted startup in the world. This is not surprising because Stripe owns the plumbing of the financial system for the digital world. It runs the pipes through which money flows digitally between businesses and consumers. And as the GDP of the internet grows, Stripe's business also grows. And just like Stripe, in India we have cash-free payments, which is building the pipes for all types of payments-related use cases. Akash Sinha started Cash Free Payments in 2015 after spending two and a half years as a programmer at Amazon. They started by building an MVP to help restaurants accept digital payments for their home delivery orders. But soon after starting, they got incubated by PayPal and shortly after that by Y Combinator, and this was a game changer for them. Today, cash-free payments helps businesses to solve a whole range of payment-related problems through a platform approach, and this conversation is a masterclass on the payments business in India. Listen on as Akash gives a breakdown of various business lines of cash-free payments and their ambitious growth plans. When we launched the platform, the version one we had four products. So we had we had payment gateway, we had payouts, we had auto collect, and we had a split payment. Hmm. Okay. Payment gateway, uh, uh, auto collect, uh, payouts, payouts, and uh, split payment. Okay. Okay. Uh, and uh, so, a payment gateway is the standard uh, product which everybody else also probably had at that time, right? And uh, payouts was what? Like uh, a merchant can uh, link uh, the the vendors account. Like the merchant can pay multiple vendors with a single click, something like that. Correct. Correct. I mean, yeah. The larger use case was you can send money to anyone. It could be your vendor, could be customer. But the use cases that we primarily support are around merchants sending money to their customer. So a lot of products in the market are built in a way that they have to collect money from the customer, and once customer does some you know work on the app, and then after a while these guys have to disperse money back to the customer. Right. Okay. Take example of say a lending app. Right. On day one, you you get loan from the from the business. And after that, you have to repay back to the business. Right? Take example, the insurance cup. Right? Or initially, you have to pay the premium. Then once you have to claim, once you have to get a claim, you get back from. So there are a lot of you know, such kind of use cases in the market. And these all these all are very new, right? These kind of use cases did not exist before 2014-15. They were in the market, but people are using older methods, right? Just to for the use case. 
and just to it so we created this product at a very right market at a very right time the timing was very good for pure product and that also helped us scale it you know very faster and, and into so many business categories yeah in what way was the timing right that uh, all of these business like fintech businesses were coming up which had two way uh, payment requirement like not just a lot of digitization was happening Right, and the the scale was also going. Right, so your product works well when you have a higher scale. Right, earlier internet companies were not having such a high scale. They just have to disperse a hundred TMs in a day. For that, you can just use manual process, create a file, upload to your bank account, and it will happen. But today's world of digital insurance companies, they have to process claims in thousands. Right, so the older processes cannot, you know, help them. And the second is a lot of these processes which were manual also are error prone. Right, you miss a number, you miss account number, right? And either money can be sent to the wrong guy, or you know, like like wrong amount of money could be sent to the right guy. So both kind of things could happen. The third is whenever there was a failure, you can never know the right reason. Right, back to simply say you know transaction fails. You don't know what to correct. You just you know keep on applying your you know like keep keep going making a guess. Right, and it was very black box process for the businesses. So, in a lot of cases, these things you know will impact experience of customer. Right? Say, if I am, you know, requesting for a claim and everything is processed from the company's end, now claim responsible itself, you know, if it takes two to four days, right? Customer will will not be happy about it. Right? Would be any operational reason. So that's why that's why we people wanted to use this kind of product, which works all the time, which has scaled, which could be processed at high frequency. And that's why it's coming fit. You know, like popular. And this was like a bank account to bank account transfer product. Correct. Right. So the way it works, businesses who want to use peers, they have to park money in a escrow account first, and whenever they request for a transfer, we use that pool of money and send to their destination where they request. So when we launched product, we only supported sending money to bank account, but over the period of three years, you know, we added a lot of channels through which they can send money to. Right. So they can also send money to UPI address. They can also send money to a Visa and Mastercard, debit cards. They can also send money to wallets like your Amazon and Paytm. Okay, okay. And uh, how does the data of uh, customers' bank details reach you? Like the the company would be collecting it uh, in their own systems, and then yeah. that system will talk to you, and so you will know what is the destination. That's correct. So there are two, two again, different kind of processes. There. So companies who have to disperse money to the customers frequently, so they they prefer collecting it from the customer directly. And whenever they have to, you know, do the transfer, they can send us a bank detail as part of their request. Could be APR, could be the portal. But second, a lot of companies right, who just have to collect the bank detail once. Right? It's example of e-commerce COD refund. Right, COD refund is which is not very regular. Right, so in most cases, companies don't want to have the operational headache of you know, sending email to the customer, right, getting the details, and then sending to cashier, or you know, they don't want to create a UI just for this work. Right, it's like you know, a lot of time investment. So we created a layer on top of payout. We call it Cashka. So as part of it, company can just tell us this is the phone number of the customer who needs money, and this is the amount I want to send. Right now, Cashka creates a unique link for that customer. We'll send it to their WhatsApp or SMS. A customer can verify their OTP, and they themselves enter their details where they want to receive the money to. So they can enter the bank details in the backend. We can verify with a bank account, you know, matches with the name of the customer which company told us you know, to send money to. Right, and and once everything is correct, then we disperse the money within seconds to that customer. 
So this reduces the operational headache of the entire process. Okay, okay, okay. Got it. Interesting. Okay. And uh, how do you reconcile name with the account number? Like you can ping the bank. Uh... Yeah, so there are, there are some. So we can do that. There are some facilities through NPCI or UPI. So some channels are there. And use those pipes to identify that. Okay. 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 And, and and moving on and and in the future, not future. I think we all, we are also in the process of adding bit more verification, right? So insurance company can tell you this is the name and this is the you know like PAN number of the customer, or you have to. I think in say you know, this PAN number should get dispatched money. So we can also ask for the PAN detail of the customer. We can also verify PAN details in the backend and that dispatch the money. So we can do a lot of verification. But the idea was to how do I make the process effective and not just the last leg of making the payouts. Right, so entire process should be more an autopilot. Right, as a business, this is not something which is part of product. Right, this is something you want it to work, but you don't have you know bandwidth to spend time with. Okay, 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 got it. Okay, okay. So th- this is the payouts product. Now, uh, talk to me about AutoCollect. Right. So AutoCollect is is built on the you know entire bank transfer network which which India has. Right. So even today, and actually five years back, there were a lot of businesses who wanted to collect money from their customer vendor through bank transfers instead of using payment gateway. Right. Largely because of two reasons. One is payment gateway, the charges were always in percentage. Right. And if you have to collect money of a higher ticket size, like you know, one lakh rupees, five lakh rupees, that paying one and a half, two percent is a lot of Right. But a lot of businesses, you know, don't prefer that. And second, when you collect money via payment gateway, you get money settled into your account after one or two business days. Okay. Right? But many businesses who are very heavy on cash, they cannot pay it for in that much of time, like with terms of customer paying and them receiving the amount. So bank transfer, even today, is a very popular mode. So a lot of businesses prefer receiving money via IPS or NEFT instead of you know, asking customers to pay, pay via card or you know, any other channels. Right. But the problem there is, if I'm say running a large business, let's say if I'm Samsung, or if I'm say any any larger vendor like Nandini and Bandar, right? I'll have a one account or I'll have two or three bank accounts at max, right? And I'll share the same bank account with all of my you know vendors who are going to send money to me, right? Now say assume every day you get ten thousand credits from all the vendors, the credits will the money will hit your account and you'll have all the listing in a statement. Right. But after that, your problem starts because you don't know which of these vendors have paid the money and what is the amount which they have paid. Right. So it becomes a very manual process for this case to just figure out who the customer was and how much money you, you have sent it. Right. At this problem, you don't see in payment gateway because payment gateway is more like a pull. Right. Before even customer make a payment, you can tag the payment to order ID, amount, everything is logged in. And as soon as payment is success, you know all the details. But in bank transfer, you are clueless. Right, unless you just do some manual work. So that was the problem we wanted to solve, right? And, and we thought instead of you know bank giving one bank account to all of their vendors, why don't we help you know these merchants send you know give choosing bank account details to every one of them, right? If I have like ten thousand vendors, I can I can create a ten thousand you know unique bank account on behalf of the merchant, and it can be tagged to the right customer you know, at the time of onboarding itself. Okay. And when that customer sends money to that unique bank account, then we'll know, you know this is a customer. We'll also know the amount. And you can give these details in real time to that business. Right? It's very similar to what you get. At- and they can also, you know, update their ERP or system and they can, you know, go ahead with their dispatch of service or product. So this way we have cut down the entire process of deconciliation. Right? You don't have to spend in hours or days just to know, you know, who, who paid. And also they can do a lot of, you know, verification as part of it. 
Right, if someone is supposed to pay fifty thousand, right, then you can make sure they not pay lesser. If they pay lesser, then we can reject the transfer, right, so that the guy has to pay again. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. And there okay. are certain use cases where you want customer to send money to you from a verified bank account, right? Say if you're buying a stock or any kind of in a financial product, right? If I, as a customer, did my KYC, then I cannot use my parents' bank account or my friends' bank account to send money. Right? I have to use my own bank. So those are the checks we can do as part of the process. So business can tell us I should only get money from this this person and this account number should be the source, and we can detect these two details when we receive the money. And if there is any mismatch, we can reject the transfer without even you know bothering the merchant, right? So they are foolproof, and and we make sure you know like the process is intact. Uh, so uh, I I didn't know it's possible to reject a transfer like uh, a okay. bank can. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you can reject can. NFT. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Can reject all kinds of transaction. The rejection may not be very real time, so money may leave your account, but you know it will get reversed in an hour or so. Okay. 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 Got it. Okay. Uh, and uh, so, uh, how does the integration of this work? L- like whatever ERP they are using, in that ERP they can uh, do some integration where. Every time a new account is added, like a customer account or something, then uh, a unique bank account is immediately created by Cashfree to give to that customer. Correct. So there are two integrations they have to do. One is whenever they onboard a customer, they can make an API call to our system and will return a bank account number against that customer. Second is whenever we receive money from the customer, we send a webhook to their system. Now they have to just you know make sure they're handling their webhook to identify which customer is paid and what is the amount, and they can do so. These are just two integrations they have to do, which are which are very straightforward. And if they don't want to do the integration, we also support you know email, SMS, right? If, if you don't want to have automation there, we also give them reports, you know, like end of the day. Okay, and uh, what kind of companies use this? Like. Uh... Obviously, companies selling investment products would be using it, right? Like that would be. Yes, it uses a lot of fintech use it. Lending company use it. A lot of B two B companies use it. Like companies in FMCG segment, right? They use it. Companies in DMT segment, they use it. So wherever you have a use case of receiving money of higher ticket size, right? Uh, and you want money faster. Okay. And uh, what is the fees here that uh, cash free charges? Fees is pretty pretty similar to what you pay for NFT. It's it's in fixed fee. Oh, like okay. percentage. Even you are sending say two lakh rupees, you just have to pay twenty rupees for it. But if you use a payment gateway, you have to pay four thousand rupees just as a fee. Mm, right. Yeah. 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 And only only problem here is someone has to push the payment. Right. In payment gateway, it's a pull payment, so the flow is easier. Right. In this case, someone has to push the payment. There are there are certain friction, but depending on the business, this would also work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. We also work with you know bunch of larger edtech companies of India. So whenever they you know sign up their customer, and since the edtech deals are sort of like annual, and they end up charging fifty k, seventy k, so they use this product to receive money from their customers. Okay. 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 So and they they would probably prefer this to getting paid by card because again lower transaction fees. It's a low transaction fee. Many customers may not even have carted. That's also a problem. But see, if you get a debit card from a PSU bank, and they they all put daily limits on a card, right? You cannot transact more than ten thousand in a day. Right, right. There are right. a lot of challenges around using. Right. So to make sure a payment products are covering larger, you know, set up market, this is a needed 
in a product in the market. And this will stay like this for good amount of time. See, there are countries, right? If you go to a lot of Western countries, so they are very predominantly heavy in credit card. Right? So the entire economy runs of credit, right? So can, when everyone can wait for six days, seven days, you know, just to get the money. But in India, a lot of businesses run on cash, right? It's a prepaid country. So you need cash realization much faster compared to waiting for a few days. And there we see a larger change in economy where everything moves to credit model, right? And this kind of product will be needed. Market. But I guess something like UPI would have limited the scope of growth for this product, right? Because UPI doesn't have that 2% fees and you can, uh, uh, I mean, you can identify that a reconciliation problem is also solved, right? If like an ed tech company. True, true. For B2C payment, you can use UPI. But two challenges, I mean, limit, limit is a challenge. Right in and okay. cases. Right. I mean, sending 50k by UPI is not all the banks you know allow you to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That is one. And second, if you are receiving money from businesses, let's say if I'm a milk distributor, most of my customer would be say you know shop owners, and they want to send money from that you know company's account. You cannot link UPI to a company's account. Right? UPI is kept linked to a retail account to send money. So mm. that's, third is actually this product has grown a lot after UPI, right? Because because earlier, before UPI, right, you had to log into a bank portal, you have to add a beneficiary and then make a payment. Right now, if you pick up any UPI, like Google Pay for right, you'll see an option to send money to any bank account. Right? So you don't have to go to a bank portal. You can just open a UPI, enter the bank account number, IFSC, and you can send money instantly without being a beneficiary. So actually, after UPI, this has become a bit more popular compared to what we saw earlier. And uh, split payments? Split payment, again, split payment is, is very valuable for anyone who's running a marketplace business. Right, so there are two kind of internet companies you see, one which is very inventory-led. Inventory-led, it means the business itself is owning the entire inventory. Right, someone like Apple, right? If Apple is selling online, they are the one who's manufacturing it. And then you have companies like Amazon Flipkart, who are marketplaces, and who have all kinds of sellers on their platform. And they are just also facilitate marketing, logistic payments, but it's their own manufacturer on the product. So now when a marketplace is receiving order from the customer, right? As a customer, I can place three, four products, you know, at a time. Right. My my order could have products. And all those products could belong to different sellers. Right. But as a customer is only making a one payment because you know that's how the model is. Right. So that yeah. payment of ten thousand rupees to give the marketplace. Now the marketplace has to distribute the ten thousand rupees among four different sellers right? because those are the products I bought. And also they have to, you know, Keep their commission out of every deal, right? And every product would have a different commission, right? So, yeah, electronic item would have 10% commission, right? The books could have 50% commission. Okay, these are just examples I'm taking. Actual numbers could be different, but commissions vary, right? And just to manage the entire processing of payment, distributing the sales is also a very tedious task for a lot of the businesses, right? And there is also one more, one more, you know, like larger picture is as per RBI guidelines. Right. When you're running a marketplace, you cannot bring your customer money into a current account. You have to open a special kind of account with a bag, and that, that account gets audited by RBI every three months. Okay. So you have to open a nodal account, right? Customer money comes to a nodal account. You do a calculation of the commission, and you use that nodal account to send money out to the sellers. And you just bring your commission back to your company's current account. Right? Okay. So there are two challenges. One is operational, second is regulatory. Hmm. Right, and these two challenges are, are like an uphill task for a lot of you know mid-level companies. Right, someone who is very large can afford to do by putting say twenty-member team. Right, and and again, even for them, it's not very easy to process. But they can 
still, you know, fight this kind of battle. But someone who is slightly smaller, right? I mean, they, they, they cannot do both of the work. And that we cannot adhere with the SLA. And thirdly, this is not something which aligns with the business growth at all. Right? I mean, by doing great job of this work, I cannot acquire four customers. Right? So this is this totally doesn't align with the you know place where they want to invest their time and energy. Right? That's where a split payment you know product comes in. Right? You use cash payment gateway. And whenever the order is being placed, you tell us which all sellers are part of this order and how much money they should be getting out of this order. So marketers can tell us, you know, seller A should get 30%, seller B should get 40%, seller C should get 20%. And whatever is left out is my commission. Now, once we receive, say, 100 rupees from a customer, and when we have to settle the money, we will look at this logic again. We'll create, you know, four different pockets of this for the customer money. And we can directly send money to the sellers from cash based you know, nodal account. So this way, seller is being compliant with the RBI guide. And second, they don't have to take the operational headache of sending money to their sellers on time. Right. So marketplaces can adhere to their SLA, they can adhere to the compliance, and they can focus on more productive tasks, which which mm-hmm. grows their mm-hmm. business. And they don't need to run a nodal account yeah. because exactly. it's Because cash is managing. Right. So they're not you know, touching the customer money even in this scenario. So this would be like a add-on to payment gateway. An e-commerce company using Cashfree's payment gateway can take this as an add-on. It is add-on. Focus so add-on. And even we have certain certain more features for it. If you are collecting COD payment from the customer, we can still make this product work, right? So that you have the add to and display of all. Still, there is a COD order. We can do the computation, and you can fund the account to send money to the setup. So there are ways to use it for all the orders, not just for the orders. Okay. Do you have some product for helping in COD also? How does like COD work typically? Like the delivery boy is taking cash. How does that? Yeah. Become digital. So it, it's largely managed by logistic companies, right? So all the logistics companies they receive the money from customer, and then they reconcile it, send it back to the marketplaces. So we are not there in the last leg of the COD because the entire crisis of cash free is to have a cash free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, and, right. And, and we cannot, you know, like morally create product which enables more cash. Right, but having said that, we still work with few of such logistic companies. So one cash hits their account, then they can use our payout system to send it back to the marketplaces who work with them. Hmm. Okay, okay. So okay. that capacity of the process. And second, we also play a role on the COD refund, which I just mentioned. The customer has purchased something COD, and now they're requesting for refund after four five days. We can help to make the journey simpler and and do that for the customer. I've also seen uh, sometimes when I order a COD product, I get an SMS with a link that the delivery boy is on its way. And if you want to pay digitally, then use this link. Uh, is that something that you also do? We do. We do with philosophical companies. We do with philosophical companies. We're also thinking about certain products around how do we reduce the COD. Because if you get COD as a market, I mean, customers don't pay COD because they don't know how to pay online, right? That's not the assumption there. I mean, all of the customers who look at places like Bombay, Delhi, Bangalore, I think any internet user, you know, knows how to make our payment. But the challenge is they're not sure about when the product will reach. Hmm. It's a trust gap. A trust gap is much higher if you shop from any website. But if you shop from Amazon, Flipkart, these guys are very scalable, you know, the entire you know, like mechanism to address complaint, mechanism to inform me when there is a delay. But a lot of the small companies don't have an infrastructure to do a who do a great job there because they are very young. Right? And a lot of such younger companies see higher COD orders because customers don't have trust. 
So we as a payments company are aware of this challenge and we also are working on certain solutions which can help to reduce this EOD. Like something like cash pay as entity can establish some trust so that customers would be encouraged you know, kind of like like a, a escrow kind of a service like it stays with you until the product is delivered or something like that something like that but uh, again you also want to make it more friction free right because if as a customer i know I just can you know press a button and order will be get it straight so i may not even take the effort of putting escrow unless there is an incentive involved right so we have to make it more like you know, like, like like incentive driven is keep Right. Instead of you know, just people behavior change would be hard if customer doesn't alert. But that's a big enough problem to be solved, I think. I'm sure many companies are trying to do that. But we will also have our own approach and eventually we may reduce the COD. Actually, see, after the pandemic, COD protection is reduced because no one wants to you know, give cash to delivery boy. Right? But there is one phenomenon emerged. So these days when you place a COD order, no one pays cash when they're receiving that. Everyone uses UPI to pay for it. So people are paying digitally on the doorstep. So even though we call it COD, it's more like digital payment. It's, it's more like pay, pay OD, like pay on, huh, pay on. right. Mm-hmm. So that's the model. So even there, we have seen a lot of companies giving, you know, hardware pass machines to the delivery boys. But you might have seen it, they'll bring that. And there, they have a challenge about signal, right? They have a challenge about maintenance, right? Imagine you have distributed 10,000 devices in the market. If 50 of them become faulty, right? Then you have to deliver bring it back to my center, I'll fix it. That's a big headache. And signal is a big problem, right? A lot of high sides, like high rises building, right? You don't get strong signal. Even though you have signal on your mobile phone. Right? So we 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 have built a product to address this challenge. So Cashfee is a built a solution called Cashfee EPOS. Right? As part of it, you can just install Cashfee app on your Android mobile phone. And you can accept, you know, card payment from any customer of yours, right? So basically you store cash to an Android phone. Customer, there is only one important customer has to have a card which is NFC enabled, right? And if customer card is NFC enabled, they can simply tap it, right? And payment will go through. So this reduces the entire thing because distributing so many hardware, right? No maintenance limitation, no signal issue. Okay, so we have also done a workaround, right? If customer doesn't have an NFC but we also give a very small device, you know, which costs less than ten dollars, right? And six hundred rupees. So you can also carry a small device that is connected Bluetooth that customer can dip their card on that. Yeah, which is just a card reader, very dumb card reader, right? And which is like one time cost, like six hundred rupees, and no maintenance. If it breaks down, you buy a new one. It is a very simple concept. The point is hardware cost on fifty thousand rupees, right? I mean that, that's a lot of investment, a lot of cap capex you know gets stock. So this has also been released very recently, right? So today we can support tap and pay from you know like Opay card, Visa card. And this quarter we'll do a slightly bigger launch. And we hope to bring a change in the entire pay on delivery market. But because uh, I don't think behavior will change a lot very fast. People will continue to pay on delivery, just that you can make it more digital. Then still, it's a you know good good thing for the economy, right? You don't have to raise everything. It's also a big convenience for the customer. Mm-hmm. Uh, for this EPOS, the customers would essentially be logistics companies, right? Like I mean, they take care of uh, uh, collections. Over, and... Yeah, what is last mile delivery? But you know, we use it in a lot of uh, different kind of you know moving problems. Right? Say if you are organizing events on offline stage, and a lot of people are queuing to buy a ticket. Right. So if you just have one machine, you'll have very larger queue. 
right? But if you can give, say, you know, this after 10 of the wallet years, lenders can just, you know, create as many stalls they want and they can accept the payment. So we can, we can really make it useful in a lot of use cases where there's a queue problem. Right? If you pay your visa fee, if you pay your school fee, everywhere. Because there is a supply issue. I mean, as a business, they cannot have, you know, pick and max of two hardware. And if you go to the restaurant at times, you have to wait for five minutes just to get a card machine in front of you. Right? Because they cannot deploy. And with this solution, they can give this app to all of their waiters, all of their servers. And servers can bring the bill and bring the card machine, you know, and without any lag. Got it. Okay. Uh, what other products are there that we've not discussed so far? We've discussed payment gateway payouts, auto-collect split payment, and EPOS. Payment gateway, we haven't discussed, I think. I just like to spend a few minutes. Eh? So payment gateway from outside looks like a very simple state for product. <laughs> but underlying, you know, moment, payment gateway is one of the most complex product in payments. Right? I'll just you know, put it on record. It's just much more complex in the backend because you have to deal with so many payment modes. Right? And a lot of these payment modes are keep on changing. Like everyone will upgrade their system. They'll have their own downtime. Right? So job of uh, payment gateway becomes very important in terms of how do I keep everything active all the time? Right? How do I have more backups? How do I be ready with any kind of updation? Right? So that end merchant doesn't have to worry about any changes in happening in work. Right? It's something like imagine it was a you know like Uber kind of thing, right? You don't care which car will come. You just want, you know, to have someone to send you from a restaurant. Right? Same thing expecting a payment gateway. I don't care what you use in the back end, I just want to receive money from the customer. Right? Now you do the hard work. As a right wing, I cannot say, you know, I have less number of cards or you know, my car is broken. So I cannot send excuses. Right? Similarly, we also can't have excuses. There is a downtime with this pipe, so I can process the transaction. So we have to do a lot of heavy lifting in the backend, right? Make sure, you know, things work all the time. Plus, we're also working with a lot of features which will, you know, give delight to the customer. Hmm. Like, give me examples. Yeah, coming. So if you talk to any internet companies, like today, 50% of the queries are around money. Right. Either I have paid the money, my bank has been debited, but you haven't accepted my order. Or I have requested for a refund. Where is my refund? I cannot price that refund. Right. Or there will be issue around you know, dispute or anything. Right. So more than 50 to 60 percent is just around money. Right. And if you have to, if as a company I have to untrust a user, then I have to solve the money problem. Right. Because that's where the complaints are, right? 60 percent complaint is a huge part in e-commerce company. Right, if I can solve money problem, then I'll have more trust, I'll have, you know, more LTV from the customer and I can have a, you know, good brand in the market. So today, if you think about any internet company with a good brand, right, number one thing people can say, I feel safe with that, right, because my money is safe with that. Right, it's not about they give me a great product, right, a lot of people give me a great product, but they're very comfortable, say, you know, whatever names you, you may take. Right, and this is something we want to, so we, we added a bunch of things, right, we created an instant refund product. It's created a faster reconciliation, right? If customer couldn't pay within five minutes, then we'll just, you know, if you couldn't accept the order within five minutes of payment, then we'll refund the transaction automatically to the customer so that they don't have to come to you and, 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 you know, place a customer query, right? And if they have requested for a refund without receiving a product, then you can send it out within within second instead of, you know, processing through your internal, you know, all of verticals. Right? So normally what would happen, your customer will send requests to a customer service agent Customer service agent will raise a ticket to the internal finance team or internal operations team. Not enough work.
If you like to hear stories of founders, then we have tons of great stories from entrepreneurs who have built billion-dollar businesses. Just search for the Founder Thesis podcast on any audio streaming app like Spotify, Ghana, Apple Podcasts, and subscribe to the show. So, so this can be made like completely self-service. Like a, a customer just says, uh, "Cancel order," and. Exactly. The system can detect, you know, you haven't dispatched the service, just initiate the refund. But just make an API call, initiate the refund, because we'll get money within five seconds. So we have things that are instant refund, pre-authorization. So we have built things around. What is pre-authorization? Pre-authorization is for normal payment gateway, right? So when you are placing order as a customer, my accounts get debited, and it is on the way to hit the merchant account. And next day, merchant will receive the money. But in pre-authorization, we don't debit the customer account. We just block money in their account. Right, so money never leaves your account because there are certain use cases or a lot of use cases where you know you don't you want to debit the money when you have actually you know given the service or product. Right, take example of airline industry. Right, also in the travel. Right, the so travel industry sees a lot of you know cancellation, same day cancellation. Right, you have booked a flight today, but by end of the day you feel like you know for some reason I cannot do, and then I request for a refund. So in older cases, since money has left your account, the refund will go through its own cycle. And this is I'm talking about before even we release Eastern Defend as a product, right? This is pre-Eastern Defend era. Right? It used to take five to seven days, right? Even though you have cancelled the order on the same day. Yeah, with this pre-watch technology, right? I mean, since money has never left the account, what I have to, I just have to remove the block which I put in customer account. The customer has the money ASAP, right? Second requirement is when you check in in a hotel, right? Hotel will simply put a block on your card. I mean, you must have seen it, right? And whenever you keep on, you know, ordering whatever you want, end of the day, they'll just dip it what they need and release the rest of the money. So we have a lot of similar requirements. In online world, we do not have such kind of product. Right? And we are the first company to, you know, like make it available. I mean, this was supported by Visa MasterCard for a long time, but, but in India, this was not something online PG used to support in the market. So even though we started PG as one of the late covers, right? But because of all this innovation, we have been able to give a very you know, great experience to the merchants in the market. Right? And that's why we have been able to succeed even in this very crowded PG market, you know, with its kind of four to five years. And the larger the theme is look at the market, understand what customer problems are, build features supported, and then send to businesses. Because end of the businesses listen to what the customers ask from them. And that is a way to grow this kind of B2B2C product. Okay. Uh, how do you collect uh, requirements of customers? L like you're saying that uh, listen to what they want and build it for them. Uh, what is the process of listening? The first part of payments is everyone, even I, is, I am a customer of payments, right? So I can relate with a lot of requirements which I see on day-to-day basis, right? And try to fix it. The second is obviously there might be certain services which I do not use at all, right? So in those cases, we talk to those merchants, we meet with them frequently. Right. They can bring this. The end of the day, we just need customer feedback, right? So they can also bring market feedback and saying my customers are looking for this kind of solution. Right? Can you build? Can you do something around it? So these are two ways we understand the feedback. In a lot of these cases, we ourselves have built a solution because we had an understanding of the market, and this is a very universal requirement. And then we went back to the you know, customer. See, in the larger setup, we have to build an innovative product. You cannot wait for you know, a customer to come and tell you this is what I need. Yeah, yeah if you spot a gap in the market. This is what we did, right? Be it payouts, be it auto collect. No one, you know, came and told us this is what we need. Because how can you imagine a product, right? That's not, people can do so easily. 
right? In best case, they can tell you problem, but they cannot imagine the product around it. Right? And that's the, I think that's the job of most of modern tech companies. Right? And this is something a lot of companies are doing. Right? Look at Intel, look at someone like Qualcomm. They're not waiting for someone and, can, and coming to give me fast CPU. Right? They already know the data usage is increasing, increasing. I have to create a fast CPU. So similarly, we also track a lot of macro trend, right? How things should be after five years, right? How the behavior will be. And we have to start preparing early for that. So uh, one concern I've often heard from founders of D2C businesses is failure rates uh, in payment yeah. gateway. So, you know, what, what, what can you talk to me on what are like industry norms of failure rates and what you're doing to improve that? See, failure rates have happened due to multiple reasons. Right. Imagine you're a D2C company and selling to a tier two, tier three city. Right. So in India, a lot of, you know, this, this entire card different system is not homogeneous. Right. If you're receiving card from certain bank, it's right? so a lot of banks keep online usage disabled by default. And the customer is not aware of it. Even you try 10 times, right? And we will never get authorization or debit their money. So that's where we see issue. Second issue is because of 2FA, right? I mean, OTP may not reach to all the customers who points for time, and there will be OTP expiry. So third is card get declined because of, you know, risk nature of the customer. So if you're just, if you're just having 5,000 rupees in an account and you try to make a 4,000 rupees of payment, which a lot of banks don't see as a usual activity. So I just took an example, every bank has their own risk rule. But that's the reason we see a decline, you know, from the bank. That's so cool. So these are something which a payment gateway cannot solve unless they own the entire end-to-end system, right? So which, which is it's not very feasible, right? But but the what we can do is option offer a lot of modes, right? Even though my card is failing, right? I can still use UPI, I can still use Paylet, I can still use Wallet, and that's how we can try to increase the conversion for you. So we put giving them more option. But there are, there are challenges in the market which we cannot control it, right? I mean, unless there is a very increase in awareness in the market. Which, which is not the case today, right? Even just, you can just, you know, do a survey, talk to anyone dear to city, right? They, they cannot know if they can use a debit card online. Mm, mm, mm. Right. And what are like uh, typical industry norms of failure rates, like you know, for e-commerce kind of transactions? I think for credit cards at cash free or, or acceptance rate is more than 86, 87% for standard card transactions. Right. And if you remove this customer problem, then it's support of 95, 97%. These are the errors we cannot solve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But are, are there also like uh, technology-related errors? Like he entered the OTP, but for some reason it failed. And and but like, you know, these are like mysteries for. That's why few payment gateways are better than the others, right? So few payment gateway can build a better technology. They can have more you know atomicity around transaction, right? They can handle large set of you know transaction at the same time. Right. Suppose you have to handle, you know, 10,000 transactions, you know, in a minute. Right. So a lot of times system and payment gateway itself fails. I can onboard as many customers because that's a work point. But if a technology cannot support so many concrete transactions, I cannot process the transaction. So a lot of times this transaction get declined at PG itself, payment gateway itself. And this customized story drive. And that is where we can do the best job and reducing that gap as much as possible. But second is, PGs can also, you know, like credit transactions going to fail, right? That's what we also do. Right? Suppose I know State Bank of India or any bank of India, right? I mean, it's not working good for the last two hours. I can always go and tell customer upfront, right? I mean, since you have this card, and, and a normal customer may have two or three cards back. You can tell that instead of using card of this bank, you should use card of some other bank. 
So by doing those, you know, predictive work, we can, you know, increase the conversion for T2. Okay. Uh, you said uh, more atomicity. What does that mean? It means, say, what the transaction is happening, right? Once you get a confirmation, your system should, you know, like able to listen the confirmation. Because these are very asynchronous processes. Right, when this confirmation is coming and your system couldn't read it, then that in these cases, customer account has been debited, but your system couldn't capture that transaction. Right, and even those cases, order will not get confirmed. So you have to make sure whatever transaction you have initiated with the card scheme, you are in position to listen back to the request. If you don't, then false debits would happen. It account will get debited, but orders will never get placed. You might have seen it, right? When you come back to a page and you say, you know, page not found or something went yeah. wrong. Yeah. yeah, 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 something went wrong. Yeah. Some couldn't listen to the, you know, like, feedback. And then you have to get into the sender process of defunding the transaction, not asking merchant to approve it. And then this, this all, you know, like, spoils the experience. Mm. This is like a problem that you can solve by having a good tech team, like, this is a talent issue. Yeah, talent is starting, but there's not something you can build overnight, right? You have to understand all these problems, right? You should have insight of data. And this takes certain time to have a very standard and stability. And this is something you have to keep on improving, right? Because the traffic is growing, right? If tomorrow traffic is 100% more, right? I cannot use the same system. So I as a company have to keep on revamping my system, which we at Cashfee have done it, right? I mean, back in 2015-16, we had very, you know, standard system. We are, you know, making more modular, more subscription architecture having more fault tolerance around all the systems, like even separating databases for the systems. Uh, how, how does the uh, data help you reduce failure rate? Like you're saying, like the more data you generate, uh, th then you're able to identify that, okay, this is a point of failure and then you're able to investigate and fix it. So we can predict, right? So there is one thing we have noticed. So, so when you process transaction, you work with one of the acquired banks and card could belong to any of the issuer banks. Plus, what we have seen at times, acquirer bank may not have up-to-date knowledge about the issuer's card. Right? Suppose, just as a very example, right? Suppose SDFC has started issuing card with a new serial number, right? Whenever you get a six-digit card, first six-digit or eight-digit defined, we call it bid, right? If a bank starts issuing a card with a new bid, and if the acquirer bank hasn't updated their bid database, right? then they'll say, this is not a valid card number, I cannot send it to for further processing. Right, so this is the information we have to keep on track. Right, we can see you know this bank is not honoring card of this bank, you know, because of these diseases. Yeah. Then we look for this kind of card. We should use a different acquirer bank who has updated in the depth. Uh, this is something you can only know by processing transaction and by looking at failures. And that's where the entire data science or you know like bit of intelligence helps right? because because this happens such a low you know set of people that right? you cannot see a pattern. Mm. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. And by doing these small changes, we can improve conversion by 2% or 3%. I mean, not very drastically, but because it still is a big enough for, for larger customers. Especially, I think the problem with a lot of D2C companies are who are smaller branded. Every payment is very important for them. Right? Because since in the process of growing the brand, you cannot afford to lose even a single customer. Right? One, that is very motivation. Second is you have lost one, you know, potential customer, right? You have lost the entire ability to have a larger marketing around that customer. Hmm. Right. So right. You can build a great product, unique product, but if a customer is able to buy, then you know you're not getting anything out of it. So, so that's the problem. We also understand. So larger companies know all the process about payment they can optimize. The smaller companies have less knowledge about payments. And that's why we also do additional job of educating them, telling them how to use the payment product so that you can have most of the conversion you know, out of the orders you are getting. Hmm. 
how do payment gateways compete with each other is it on the pricing is it on the failure rate is it on uh, the sales team which is going out and acquiring or is it on uh, the value added services and products yeah. like what is the way in which payment gateway companies are competing see one is one is the the way payment gateway is being delivered to the customer right see if you look at 6 7 years all the payment gateways company look similar i just had one product you sign up and then they need to compete on conversion rate pricing customer service which are true true today but today if you are starting a internet business right on day one itself we have three to four kind of payment problems which you want to solve before you even go to the market and if you go to a company which just has one product right then you still have to find more partners to solve other payment problems and right? that is something you can solve by signing up on a payments platform like cashpay definitely you get a good world class pg but you also have four other products which you can use to solve all the problems on the day one and that's for in today's market most of the merchants are going to company who has a platform approach to solving payment instead of just a single product right and that phenomena is around for last few that's why you see right i mean wherever you see payment gateway most likely they are a payments platform company not just a pg company right 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 okay right? so yeah. so that is the what decision factor and that's where 90% of the market is out right only 10% right two or three players can have this kind of approach right this the market don't have more approach because of any reasons they could be very early or they couldn't innovate on this set and after this change then see it see, see the first first i can draw you know like analogy with the entire phone market right it's just a buying feature phone you also want to buy a smartphone because you have you want to do multiple things that's what people think these days right even if you go out for the shopping you prefer to going a mall because you can find a lot of shops but it's too so that's where i said like you know 90% market you know gets out only 10% you know surprise and then after that you have the problem on conversion pricing customer service and that is something which is dynamic right so few pg could be great in certain segment right because them like about something unique few pg get segment because it is very diverse market right i mean things move very different and payment is like a language right what could work in north india and work in south india right? because they different kind of situation and also geography right when we started working with few international companies i mean they move much faster than what people can move at right they are extremely you know, low in patience right you just you know work with someone you know in say hong kong or singapore right this is one things to be done you know in the blink of eye so that puts a lot of pressure on you about improving your process right making things more efficient making things more self serve and that's how companies start creating abilities about this so we as a company are very focused on internet world like we really focus on you know markets which are discretionary right because those market has higher demand right because since if you're buying for discretionary product right your chances of dropping is higher so that's why you have to do a lot of good job as a payments company to convert that customer right versus for a non discretionary thing it suppose you have to make payment for your water or electricity you'll pay it anyways right there are, there are almost zero charges for your you know like defaulting unless you don't want to pay right unless the intent is Right. So we want to be on the internet. What we want to be on the discretionary side of the internet, but because that market is larger, that market is more rewarding. That market is also growing very fast. So every company, just every company creates their strength, whatever is comfortable to them, what whatever is macro strength. And that's how the market is being structured. Uh, are there still differences in pricing? I would have thought pricing would be. like uniform across all pgs it's very standardized might be 5 to 10% for various reason but very standardized okay 
So what is uh, what are the numbers you track? Like, do you track like a GMV, which is like amount of payment transacted through you, or do you track like the margin? that you are earning from it or you know what are the numbers that you keep an eye on and you are like looking at on a daily basis so it gets defined i mean from the product list right so again the larger for any business they want to track the bottom line revenue right and then they start going up right if i look at a product like payment gateway where commission is in percentage like if i process 100 rupees we'll make say 2 rupees roughly Where if I track GMV, then I can also have some sense of revenue. Right? If my GMV is growing, then I can say my revenue is growing. Right? But which is not true with product like say auto collector payouts, which has a fixed fee pricing. Right? Because pricing is not dependent on GMV. Even though I can say I'm processing GMV of ten thousand CR, but if I'm just getting it from say thousand transaction to thousand transaction, then my revenue is not high. Right? So those cases we drive number of transaction that we process instead of GMV. Right, so GMV is not a no right metric to evaluate any payment companies in today's world, right? Because I can go and tell I do you know GMV of this much, but that's not translating to the you know business revenue which is important for the company. Right? At times it becomes a vanity number. You have to really look at the product, right, and how the product monetization works, and then you can you know figure whether GMV is important or not. But largely for PG GMV is important, but for other products number of transactions and other product fund, this is what we track. Depending on the product. So, what GMV do you do for the PG? Are you at liberty we, to share or? Yeah, I think we share it. I mean, on an annual rate, we do upwards of twenty-five to thirty billion dollar. That is what. And how does that? Uh, where does that rank in the industry? Like, are you in the top top three, top five? On on products that we started, like something like payouts, we own sixty percent of the market of API payouts, but in terms of number of transactions. On PG side, despite being on the late end, we already are in the top three that we see. Right, there are few other players who have a very like in you know, a big tailwind. But we are we have been able to grow fast. We have been growing hundred percent year over year, mm. and very soon. Top three would be like uh, Razorpay and who else? Like users. But again, because the story is that these companies are larger. But if you look at anyone starting business today or anyone start business last one year, right? I think majority of the customers cash flow would be a payments partner. Just that they have larger window, they have a lot of customers. They quite see the same volume, but but we are in the position to acquire all the new market, whatever new market is being created, and new market is, is doubling very fast, right? So if I acquire fifty percent market which is being created from now till say two thousand twenty-five, then my volume share will automatically be much larger than the older share. Right, 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 right. Okay, right. okay. So we are moving in that direction. There's not something we can change over, but with time, I think you know, we'll keep on going there, and we'll have leadership in PG also. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, what is the revenue contribution uh, among these uh, products? Like, so platinum, what you mean? Right, platinum very diversified. Obviously, payments today contribute around you know eighty eighty five percent, and we have a bunch of non payment products in the market. Right, so we haven't discussed about identity product. So this is a non payment product. So any business wants to verify bank account of their customer, PAN of their customer, GST of their customer, they can use this identity product. Okay. 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 Like uh, the uh, once somebody uploads the document, then there's an API call which sends the document exactly. and other details, exactly. and then the uh, the data sent back is verified or like not real time. Got through API. Then we have bunch of valuable services like instant settlement. Right. So, again, this works with PG, right? But we track this revenue separately, right? So as part of PG, you get money after one or two days. 
but with instant send money you get money on the same drop transaction okay but recently we launched a yeah uh, you'd have to pay some extra fees for that like exactly if you want to check me first and recently we have launched a new setup product called banking as a service right and there is something you have built for platform new bank or anyone who wants to give embedded banking to their end customer but imagine i am a seller like amazon and i'm onboarding as you know seller on the platform right if seller doesn't have a bank account then amazon has to ask them to go to this bank create a bank account then come to me because without bank account i cannot disperse it but with this kind of feature amazon is empowered to create bank account with seller in real time by using cash in the packet right so we have all the apis we are integrated with banks in the packet so they can simply collect data from seller they can call cash free api give us the data and we create bank account for them instantly and also moving forward the seller can use you know amazon's portal to send money to anyone receive money to anyone basically they don't have to go to their bank account to do such work right if, even if they need a loan we can facilitate that whatever they need out of bank right we can facilitate it by being a layer between all these platforms and the banks mm-hmm. okay so uh, this is uh, like a pretty big uh, big, yeah, big yeah, product very, yeah, yeah. very big and this will be as yeah. large as payments in next 2 to 3 years right center new bank market today if you have to start a new bank you have to go and tie with a bank and that gets almost 4 to 6 months of your time is just doing the back end plumbing work and the worst thing is you get stuck with one bank if you want to change your bank department tomorrow you don't have will power to do the same work again right so that's why we see a potential of creating like a platform where cash will be work with multiple banks right you as a end user can just you know tell us what you need right and just integrate it right? you don't have to do any manual work here you focus more on customer acquisition and treating feature with delights your customer mm mm so you're uh, opening these accounts with any one particular bank or with multiple yeah, multiple partners and we also give option to our this platforms to choose the bank right so we can also give option to the bank so every bank has separate trust factor in the market depending on the geography region a lot of you know, people can have their own personal list right if a bank is popular in my family then i'd want to use that bank for a safer knowledge and so for the kyc how does that happen like like banks need to do kyc before they open an account true so so these these platforms can collect the kyc from the customer or they can send them to some cash filing where they can upload right once we have the kyc forwarded to the bank the bank verifies everything and then you know they can they can open it and that uh, bank approval is real time or bank takes some time to approve or so it depends on the type of account so for savings account there is certain process for proprietor there is certain process for credit account this process depends on the account but see there might be some manual like but the best part is at the end platform you don't have to worry about it the cash free will take the all the load on okay uh, i want to talk more on neo banking for a couple of moments so essentially here the bank is just the custodian of money all the other services which banks provide like a passbook or uh, all of those essentially are now being provided by cash free in a digital format yeah i mean we can pull the statement we can show the entire ledger but bank is still owns the account right they they will show the debit card they will do the what are the related okay okay debit card is from the bank it's not like a branded we are like uh, platform to the helping bank distribute services faster in the market and also helping this platform access banks it's more like a layer invisible layer right again i'll go back to the smartphone analogy which people understand is whenever you install your app on your apple android right, you can choose the permission that you want to give hmm. yeah 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 when yeah. this case whenever we onboard new platform we can like control that permissioning thing a bank doesn't want a platform to say you know create account with debit card right so they can we can you know like control such kind of filter 
and we'll never let them create a convert debit card. So they can just create an account with say UPI attachment. Okay, okay, okay. So essentially like uh, neo banking is now becoming a plug and play option for any startup. Exactly. exactly. They, so they can start they don't need uh, uh so yep. can distribute there's a need of the market, right? See, even though you will have a larger portion of people who are a bank, right? Today we can say we're hundred crores, you know, like people in the bank. But they don't have the right instruments to interact with the digital ecosystem. Right? That well, they have a bank account, but they don't have UPI attached to it, they don't have card lent to it, right? They don't have any kind of credit service on it, right? So it's like they have an account, but they cannot be used by here. They're not active banking user. And, and and that's why if you look at number of unique people in of UPI, right? So it has exploded for the last few years, but now it is not growing with that speed, right? Because what if, so whichever person could have used UPI, they're on the UPI, right? And UPI have around like 40 CR of people, 30 or 40 CR. But if the banking customers are 100 CR, right? So really the rest of, you know, 55, 60 CR people are not even being part of the digital ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Like a company in the dairy space, which wants to open accounts for the dairy farmers. They do, exactly. Mm-hmm. That aligns with the larger world, right? We also have the ambition to be, you know, like number one payments and banking platform in India. And that's why the product we are choosing is aligning with that larger goal, right? We are not in the process of building a lot of end user product, right? I mean, which a lot of companies start doing, right? But, but we want to stay like a platform more neutral. Uh, and that's where the people can use platform power in a in a largest. So, what about uh, customer service here? Like, if there is a if they have a question about some transaction in the account, like normally you can go to your it bank. Will, it will be more intimate. I think bank is there to give comfort to the customer right? because it's not easy for customer to because a bunch of issues happened in the last two years. Right, banks going you know bounce up and your money gets taxed. So, so people want to know which bank we are using and they should have an option to go to the bank all the time. And, and what about credit? Like uh, credit card or lending? Uh, how does you enable that? Part of it. We will do that, right? Once you have the account lended, then we can give customer the choice. We can even work with NBFC partners, right? Who want to lend to such kind of customers. Now we have data, we have a lot of profiles, right? We can just enable these processes. Yeah, because you have visibility uh, on the bank account that how much money is coming in every month. So based on that that visibility of transactions in the account, you can uh, then uh, uh, like offer that data to a lender for them to do their underwriting and uh, then offer loans. See, I'm more in a structured way. I mean, we can go and tell them this guy is earning this much money, right? See, we don't have to tell them this is the money in the account. We have to get very structured. If I go tell them this is a teacher who has 20,000 rupees per month, I'm looking for a personal, right? then it's very useful because I know this guy will keep on money. And given that it's a teacher, the willingness to pay could be higher. Right? So these are the data you can expect you know, from this. And the account issuing bank itself uh, can also issue a credit card if needed. Like like you can enable that like credit card link to me. If they're comfortable, if they have all the data, they can. But in a lot of cases, a bank, doesn't have all the context, right? They don't know which company I'm working for. They just know I'm earning this much salary. They don't know which city I'm. See, I have opened bank account many I've opened, but I'm working Bangalore for the last 10 years. And they don't know about it. If they know about it, then they can do a lot of things for me. That's a bank calls. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So uh, this would essentially, uh, the reason for banks would be that uh, their investment in technology integration and all is coming down because you are taking care of that for them and helping them to work with not just one neobank, but multiple neobanks. 
So the larger advantage for them is distribution. So they can distribute with confidence. Right? They don't have to do a lot of kind of qualification in terms of which partner they want to work with. Right? Because we are adding a lot of security feature, we are adding filtering feature, and they can just uh, keep working with us. I want to understand how you built up uh, Cash Free as an organization. Like, you know, from three founders to what? what is the headcount today now? Today we are a little short of 500. Ah, so so from that three to five hundred journey, like I want to understand what, how did you navigate it? What kind of uh, decision making mindset did you have in terms of hiring, building up team? How did you structure the company? You know, I, I want to understand that journey. Right. So a lot of lot of learnings have been discovered through us when we started the journey. See, when you start a new company, new product, right? On the day one, you need execution teams. You mean people who can write code and people who can set, right? These are the two execution teams, which still exist even for a larger company, right? The rest of the teams are supporting teams, right? So every company will start with these two set of people, people who can build product and people who can sell product or market product. That is how we also started. We were just five people initially, right? So first we used to write code, two of us used to do sales and other stuff. So the idea was to get more executors. We did not start looking for the leaders. Right, we needed people, you know, like go and solve X problem, go and solve Y problem. And that's how we started growing. Then after that, we got a you know, first product person, someone who can think about what to build next, how to build next, and do a bit of operations around product development. Right, so before that, engineers were doing everything, but at times you need, you know, more eyes, and you need a bit more structure around you know, the way product has been built. Right, then, then things grew, then we got a finance team, right? We needed someone who can look at the finance, compliance, audit, statutory reporting, right? Then after all, we also got a designer. It becomes on, on day one, day two, we guys are still finding open source designs, building it. And we had people who could write CSS, who can do small, you know, like editing on Photoshop and also we were able to do that. But after all, we hired designer who can use Figma, Adobe, all those tools and make things more standardized. Uh, what was the split between uh, the three of you, the founders? So we were two of the founders. So we were two of the founders. Yeah, two of the founders. And then we had three other guys who were, you know, who joined us very early. So till YC, which was 2017 June, we were five people. Other three guys, other three guys, I mean, two of them were again doing coding and one guy was for sales and distribution. Other than we do. So for me, I think I was writing yeah, I've been writing code. Yeah, I've been I've been writing code. I built the first version of the product, and the was acting around you know customers like operations, talking to them. But initially, I mean, both of us were involved in the sales part, right? Because again, we have to do a lot of it. But he was more inclined towards said sales, marketing, operations, customer success. I was put into product development, engineering, and and you know documentation, onboarding, which supposed kind of sector. Yes, as an entrepreneur, I think, sorry. Yes, as an entrepreneur, in Asian days, you have to pretty much do everything. Like, you have to, you definitely have to pick something which aligns with the core skill. And then you have to be open about everything else. Right? I mean, you don't have to say, I need to find this guy to do it. And that's very different when a startup and larger companies come in, right? So the reason larger companies become slow because they always try to find the right person, best person for X amount of work, instead of taking the first step. And this is where startups take a lead, right? So they don't wait for the perfect, you know, individual perfect type. They just do the job. It might be an average work, but it still helps them make an interpret. It helps them create a buzz and, and you know, get a get a validation of those ideas. 
ஒரு and that is the type point of being embarrassed right people who start with very high ego it's not easy for them to get embarrassed and that acts like a you know like you know entry barrier for them to start this yeah 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 okay so what was your hiring philosophy you know like from those three employees you had till 17 to 500 yeah. employees today like so initially we used to hand pick people right see and initially it was very important to hire people who also want to learn with you right i mean we have to find the people with the right challenge so you want to have people who join competitive statistics and they can also grow with the company so these two are prime requirement right i mean so normally what happens you know either startup or runs the employer employee or runs the startup right if startup is not going fast in those cases things stop working in a good way so you need someone with good attitude someone who is very inclined someone who is very open to learn and willing to grow with the company hmm. so initial days you were hiring more for hunger than for pure skill sets skill set was important i mean i would not say you used to discount that but other than skill set hunger was definitely you know we we had to look if hunger was missing then you know the, the people would just draw a line right? like this is what i'm supposed to do and for other things someone else will take care right? they want to work in a structure which is not present in the startup right i mean there are no lights with no boundaries and, and how would you screen for hunger like best way is to find people in your network so that way you'll have okay. experience working with them past years then you can go you know like mutual connect like a referral of your own employees referrals right and once we grew beyond a certain point we onboarded a technical recruiter who can do sourcing onboarding hmm. and and now how do you screen like you know early days it was hunger that you were screening for what is it today still to the skill mapping we try to find people who have worked at a company similar to a scale or higher but because we have, we have become more you know the future looking so if anyone joins us they should be able to scale 5x than what we have so what is your organization dna if like i could use that term you know something which would help a prospective job seeker to understand if cashry is for him or not number one is definitely hard and smart working Right. So if you're not willing to take up challenges, second is, you know, a bit of ambition. So that is definitely required. Third is important integrity, right? which is, which is, you know, what you think. Fourth would be humility. Right. We want to have a good culture where we don't, you know, push people. And it's, it's, so humility is important. You should be able to take feedback. And, you know, people, even senior people should encourage questions from the report. Without that, we have to stop growing. So that's where you get humility, integrity, and other stuff. I mean, first is definitely the right skill. 
without that everything else may not help you give the result i mean you can find out the other good behavior but without skill set you cannot bring result but next is if you are able to bring result then can you influence you know, like larger set of people see any company you will find four kind of people right this is what i tried very early in my career you'll have adders subtractors multiplier and divider so adders are the one who improve the company incrementally so they should be they are able to do their own job but they are able to influence very large part which is okay then you have subtractors who are trying hard but some reason they are unable to finish their own job multiplants are the one who are scaling the company doing the own job but also influencing in a very bigger way right say there is one engineer right who is able to train five other engineers and making everyone productive or there is one sales person right who is getting fired it's also teaching everyone how to get you know like five more deals on their own and then there are dividers right which are very dangerous actually why this monotony and they're also at times complain a lot and demotivate all the set of people right so in all these tricks dividers are something company should avoid subtractors are one who you can go after train them and you know playing at par adders are good i mean definitely you need to avoid and multipliers are like you, know, you should really retain that the best way okay okay <laughs> do you have like some uh... formal processes of managing people like you know some companies use like okr as a method of managing performance and uh, you know so, so how do you manage performance of 500 people you do have at this stage you need to a bit of formal process i mean you cannot just rely on the feedback so we do have okr process that we started recently the idea is to start okr at a company level at a higher level right bring four five key areas and define the goals right then these goals will be sent to all the department heads and departments will create their own goals and by looking at this larger goal at times one goal of company could have more child goal across the department right and even goal of a department could be interlinked with a goal of some different department example say if a marketing has to do some campaign then their goal could depend on a product development team so once goals are created then it keeps on you know like trickling down and it should hit the last set of people who are executing and do it Right. so that becomes more like a like reference guide i mean it's not like people have to stick with that for 100% of the time but that's a reference guide and they will know what is most important thing and they can also measure you know their contribution right without okay measurement contribution becomes you know, unclear so uh, how did you figure out how to do performance management did you like employ an hr head who took care of this and recommended the way forward or is it based on your own personal research and you know at this stage there are a lot of sort of people in all respected trips we started recruiting hrbps like two years back and today we have almost like seven to eight people in the hr position so they also come from the industry they come from the industry like card but life hotstar and they've seen these kind of reviews in their own experience and it's just that we have to implement in our way okay again it's a pretty industry standard of company of our sites so implementation execution and also bringing Sitting with when someone joins, I generally say start it. Right? There is no formal review process. So they are very few to explore what they want. But after a while, once you start adding formal process, you also see some kind of you know friction in implementing it. So you have to take some time in implementing it, like convince people why this is important, right? And then that's how we have done it. So on the day one, we did not introduce for the entire company. We started with senior people till a certain level, and then we went you know like towards the level of leaders. Okay. And so uh, I want to understand how you do customer acquisition. 
you know, and uh, obviously it would have evolved over a period of time. So, so tell me about how it used to happen, like that pre-YC period, that how it happens today, uh, how much of it is attributable to content marketing, how much is attributable to performance marketing, how much is due to outbound sales, uh, you know, just, just help me understand that whole customer acquisition piece. Sure. When we started early, our goal was to, again, we knew these are the these are these set of businesses who are big in online, right? Only e-commerce, food tech, right? And, and smaller SMEs. And initially, when we responded, we were also very inclined to go to the smaller merchants because we thought acceptance will be had. So we just simply, you know, find websites, find contact of the owner of those companies. Right? Just call them up out of the blue, tell them about this product and say, this is the additional thing I'm doing. And that's how we, we got the initial set of clients. Right? I mean, we share like 10, 100 clients. And even before that, we used to meet a lot of these people in person. Right. Okay. So essentially, like a lot of personal networking and uh, reaching out. That was the early days. True. Reaching out, you have to do a lot of cold calling, cold email also. Yeah. yeah. So people yeah. do respond to it or reach out to people over LinkedIn. So that worked. That worked. And then we, once this is working, then we started having sales team in place. So sales team used to create their own pipeline. Like they learned to find merchants who could use a product and they'll like, do the similar thing, like a cold call, emailing, and everything. And after we gained some traction, then we also started seeing leads coming to us, our own website. So people would come cash free, sign them up, right through word of mouth marketing, sign them up, create an account, and we used to activate that. Right. So that's how the journey continued. Right. Then we also set up a partnership team can go after other software companies who has a payment use case. So we can just ask them to integrate our APIs and they can sell our APIs to merchants they are signing. Right. Example, say, it was, like say uh, Shopify. Shopify, yeah, Shopify is e-commerce, but the, the more the example India would be any accounting tool. So if you're creating a platform through which anyone can generate invoice. So these companies can integrate cashier APIs, which can embed a payment link in every invoice they generate. Right. So here, these guys can onboard merchant on cashier on behalf of the merchant itself. And that's how we used to get the clients. Today, we have a very long comprehensive process. Thing. We, we are very big in terms of inboards. I think every month we get more than, you know, 12 to 15,000 leads on the platform. And these are through all the, you know, automation with SEO, SEM, content, video, PR, right? So all these have been scaled up significantly. So, yeah. okay. okay. So uh, do you use some, uh, like, what is the CRM you use to manage like 215,000 leads a month is like a very massive amount. So. Yeah, yeah. So we use Salesforce. We use Salesforce. Entirely. Again, that also has evolved. If you're using some of the tool that we are, then we came to, this is our third tool. But with as the company have been changing the scale, right? we were also you know, being a bit demanding in terms of the feature, in terms of, you know, ease of usage. So as of today, we are on Salesforce. I mean, that's what we use to manage and that is where we track the status of the customer, right? So on the day one customer would mean signed up status, then they might be on agreement stage, then they could be on active state. And we also measure how many products they're using at cash fee. Okay. okay. And uh, so uh, for these inbound leads, uh, is it like self sign up or what is the process? Or like, does every lead receive a call or, you know, how does the sales happen? doesn't have to be. So there are two ways you can sign up on Cache. One is you go through the onboarding form. You create your account, give us the email, phone number, your address, and upload all the relevant documents that we need for KYC process, right? Your CIS, GST. 
And once the lead comes in a pipeline, our business team or onboarding team goes through a business use case. If they find everything in place, they'll just activate the account and you'll get an email on the activation. Right. In other cases, if you see you haven't filled your KYC or your business model is not clear to us, right? then our team will call you back, try to understand business use case from you in person. And once they're convinced, and then they'll go back and activate your account. The third mistake is you can just come and leave a lead. Right. I mean, if you're if you're not sure what products you need, right, you can just leave a lead in your phone number, email, attempt, and someone will call you back. Then understand, and then you can go and sign up. So these are three methods you know, through which you can get contacted. Cash. Okay. Okay. So uh, this uh, inbound traffic uh, would essentially be small and mid-sized, right? Like, uh, what about enterprise? Yeah. Right. So enterprise clients are mostly outbound. So we have an outbound sales team. And the team is again divided into multiple segments. So we have a team going up for e-commerce questions. We have a team for DFSI. We have a team for travel. We have a team for education. We have a team for government. We have team for utility. But even under these teams, we have sub-segments, right? So there would be team looking up to North region and team one south. Right. So they create their own pipeline. They identify merchants, right? They use their own listing. So once they are ready with the roadmap, then they plan like this month, I'll have to go and have 30 meetings, 25 meetings, right? And they try to sell products by understanding the problem. So it's more like consultative sale. Right? So they connect with the right decision maker. It could be head of finance. It could be a product. It could be the founder itself with companies or slightly smaller. So we tell them, you know, this is what we do and this is how we can help solve your problem, right? So before even talking to a customer, we do a research. We understand what are the, you know, solutions applicable to them. And then how can we help them by you know, by making that out cash free? Right. So for example, an e-commerce company can make the refund faster, right? So today, every for any e-commerce company, 60% of the customer queries are around refund. The customer will come and short, you know, my refund hasn't been credited, or my account got debited, but you never delivered the product. Right? It's, it's such a it's a common area. So that is one area we hit a lot. We go and tell them, you know, using cash free, you can make refund very instant, very fast. And your support query will reduce the customer will be more delighted and they'll come back you know to your website more and more right also we sell high conversion rate because in e-commerce unlike often one right if your payment you know drops by five to ten percent then then you lose revenue in the same proportion right so ten percent revenue is lost so there we go and tell them i can help you increase your conversion and that's where your revenue will you know grow proportionally so these two are pretty important for e-commerce and this is what we sell Right. For other days, industry requirement might be different, right? For an insurance company, the requirement is they have to collect premium for their customers at time. They have to collect you know, every month or every quarter, depending on the plan. And, and, and they can also use a regular, you know, payments to do that. Right? So they don't have to ask the customers to make payment every month, right? They can just set a mandate or some kind of debit card mandate and they can debit their customers account every month. Right. And also when it comes to dispersing that claim, right, they can again use that payouts API and send money to these guys within seconds instead of you know, doing the entire manual process. So every industry has a different kind of value prop and this is what our sales team get trained on. And when they connect, they share the same solution. Okay. So uh, your 500 headcount, how many are in sales, how many are in tech, what's the split? So we'll have around 110 people in sales. So that again encompasses our inbound team, outbound sales team, account management. And tech and product combined, we should have around 140, 150 people. So these two teams are largest. I mean, the largest. And then we have customer success and operations team. So these teams also combined would be 50 to 60 people. 
Right. Then we have marketing team, we have PR team, we have finance team, we have legal and admin, and we have HR and talent recruitment team. Right. And these teams are again having 30, 35 people each. Not all of them. I think marketing is fixed. PR is not a thing. Right. Okay. So, uh, you know, my last question is to understand what's the roadmap now going forward. Like, you know, what the roadmap in terms of what kind of products, what kind of diversification, a roadmap in terms of what kind of fundraise do you have planned? Uh, you know, so uh, I, I want to understand that. Right. See, so the larger vision is how can we be best payments platform in a day? How can, you know, Cashfree could be one-stop destination through which a business in India can get all of the payments problems solved, right? That is the intention. And the advantage is businesses who are starting business today or who are already scaled up, right? They don't have to worry about funding new vendors to get the problem solved. Right? So we want to be positioned where we can predict the future. We don't know this problem could become bigger. And we want to start working on those solutions even today. Right? And we already have taken such steps. Right? One of the assumptions in turning we're making is payments will, you know, scale 10x in the next two to three years. Right. And for that, we have to keep investing in the infrastructure to handle such kind of scale. Right. And then we already have started a bit of, you know, backward integration, the way we are processing payments today, so that we can be ready with any kind of scale once then the market becomes bigger and larger. Right. So similarly, we are also looking at, you know, more use cases. What is around, say, cross border? That we believe in Indian economy has to become bigger than, you know, Indian merchants will start exporting to the global customers. And for that, they need a very seamless cross-border you know, money movement solutions. So that is one area we've started working on. The third is the offline payment. We still see offline payment is not, you know, smooth the way it should be. Right? People still have to struggle with the hardware, which is very expensive and not easy to maintain and not easy to operate. And it also has challenge around, you know, upgrading or launch of stuff. So we're also coming up with software solution to help offline merchants be part of digital payment ecosystem and try to you know, have give the payment experience the way online merchant can give, right? I mean, it should be as a smooth. Right? If you see offline payment acceptance hasn't improved in the last 15, 20 years, right? Post machines are similar to the way you, you must have seen in the early 2000s. So, yes. yeah, like I want to dig a bit into each of these. So you said you're doing more backward integration. What does that mean? It means that today to process a payment, we still rely on technologies which banks provide, which third-party vendors provide. Right? So at this stage, we are trying to, you know, like, you know, build those technologies in-house. But instead of, you know, going and talking to third-party vendors, we want to have those technologies in our control. What are those technologies? technologies I'd say there is one, one thing called payment switches. Right? With payment switch, you can directly go on Frank with Visa, MasterCard, SPTA, but that is something not in our control. So the downside is we don't get full visibility on what is happening with data. But if something is not working, something is not working as expected, right? We don't know the right. It's like a black box for us. Oh, right. and, and at times it also limits our scale in terms of number of transactions we can process. Right? Because see, the, the problem is, right, a lot of these vendors are not building the product by looking at the market feedback. Right? They're just building the product, what you know, banks are asking them to build. Right? So that's why the industry is not very uniform. Yeah, okay. Okay. So a payment switch is essentially what makes a Visa or a MasterCard network work or a they, they connect with those networks. They connect with those networks. Okay. 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 So there are a bunch of ideas, but the larger idea is create a single stop solution through which any payments platform, any payments problem you have, you can find a solution at Cashree. And you can even, you know, connect two, three products and, and come up with a workflow that works with your business. Okay. 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 And for cross-border, uh, is it a, like a, a 
like a D2C plan where, where you're directly going to offer this to customers that do your cross-border payment. Like say, you know, you're WISE. Uh, so, so like, are you looking at creating a competitor to WISE or are you looking at something which will act as a backend solution or what like? See, the, the target for us would be, again, the businesses, right? businesses who are selling outside India or, or even international businesses who want to sell to India. So these are two target audience will cater. So all these products would be B2B in nature. Right, if you are running online business and if you need to say accept card from 180 countries. So that is one solution you can use on cash fee. Second is say if you're a SaaS company and your billing is going into say $500,000. Right? Sorry, maybe say $10,000. Say $10,000. Right? So if you accept a credit card to debit your customer, you'll have to pay 3 to 4% of TDI. So instead of that, you can use wire transfer. Wire transfer just costs you $30 for the center and also receive. So, right. so the plan is the how can we add more non-card international payment method so that we can reduce the cost of, you know, well, that acts as a hindrance, right? And that also reduces this competitiveness for this merchant, right? So also if you have to pay 4 to 5% TDR, right? you'll have to increase the product pricing by 5%. And the moment you do that, you become less competitive in that local market, right? So payment can help all these businesses, you know, be more competitive in the global market by reducing the cost, making this efficient and making things faster. So what is this TDS clause? The R. That is the okay. cost you pay. If you look at say PayPal, right? PayPal or all the international companies, they charge in the range of four to five percent. But even on if, even if you tie with the Indian payment gateway, right? I mean, credit card pricing is on the higher side. But but if you are debiting customer for a high ticket size, right? For ten thousand dollar thing, right? I mean three percent would be like about three hundred dollars. Right, so the three hundred dollars is significant, uh, and it's much more significant for Indian merchant, right? For international merchant, yeah, for Indian merchant yeah. is significant amount. And how will you build this cross-border thing? Like, will you go to all the banks in other countries and do one one by one tie-ups with them, or is there like some sort of plug-and-play option so, that you can plug into? Some- so we are targeting few geographies through which we see a lot of export payments come in, primarily US and Europe, and we are seeing how can we integrate local payment method and provide more payment options to Indian merchants. Right? Today, Indian merchants just have credit card as a payment option to collect from the merchant. Tomorrow, they can have local wallet, they can have ACH, they can have, you know, SEPA. So a lot of these countries have their own internal, you know, like clearing system, the way we have, you know, IMPS, UPF, and NLT, right? Not as fast, but they have something, you know, which is again, low cost nature. Right? So we can create a global pipe of no purified payment collection display. Okay, okay. So, so you would like need to create a legal entity in each of these countries and then do an integration and. Uh, it depends. Depends on the on the country rule. I think you can tie with a bank by being in India, and that bank could be okay. facing in this. So, it may not be mandatory, but it depends on the case. Okay, so the, this would be a competitor to transferwise or wise. Um, again, this is, the market itself is being created, right? I mean, transfer-wise, again, I'm not sure what segment to go after. But but for us, it's more of a trade payment, right? So if you look at remittance no. companies, they are more towards gifting and more around hospitality, right? So trade payment is, is not something everyone offers today. So intention more towards trade payments, for which in India, we don't have a lot of reliable player. Right? Because the market historically is small, right? But the market started becoming bigger now. And now, hundreds it will become bigger in its five years. It, and it's like a chicken and egg problem. If you're not solved for payment, then businesses will not be encouraged to sell outside India, right? 
So we have to keep the solution ready first and then businesses are being encouraged to take their innovative products anywhere in that. I guess TransferWise is focused more on uh, spending. Like you can spend in the currency of your vendor, like a US company can spend in rupees using TransferWise, which is like the other approach uh, yeah. to what you are looking to build. Got it. Okay. And uh, for offline payments, like for offline merchants, uh, what is it that you're planning to build? Right. So the product is called EPOS. So today offline merchants need to buy or rent a hardware machine to collect card payment. So that is the situation right now. So tomorrow, I mean, there are a lot of new innovations done by this card schemes. Right. So they have come up with a technology called soft POS. Right. So they have created a good, good small kernel. And we've created an app on top of it, right? So, so the way you can work with the merchant is if you have Android phone with NFC capability, you can install cash-free, you know, like cash-free EPOS app on your mobile phone. And now your mobile phone can act like a terminal. So if you have a customer walking into your store with a card, you can simply click on cash-free app, customer can tap the card on the phone, and the payment could be, you know, processed. So this way, you know, like the number of cards which offers that tap and pay is very small, no? Like, no, if you look at cards issued after 2016, I think all the cards are having NFC capability. Right. And if you look at Metro cities, the coverage is high. In absolute number, the market is 20%. But this 20% are the, you know, spenders, right? End of the day, they are the ones who use yeah, cards right, at, right. you know, stores. So the coverage is high. I mean, you can look in your friend circle, right? And the or friends who go to the restaurant or buy on the website. So their cards would be NFC table. So the coverage is significant. And now you also have apps like Samsung Pay, Google Pay, through which you can tokenize your cards. So even though your plastic card doesn't have any NFC, NFC capability, but if your card is in Samsung Pay, you can again use Samsung Pay mobile and tap into our, you know, like cash-free EPOS app and payment could be processed. Okay. How, how does this happen? This tokenizing of card, like it stores the data and then... Uh, it stores it and then they can emit the card data through NFC channel, right? So similarly, even your card, if the card has the NFC chip, they can share the data with the NFC receiver. It's similar thing happens if you have card in Samsung Pay Wallet or Google Pay Wallet. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Okay, okay. Which I, I think in the US, this is like the prominent method, right? Like of digital payments, like the, the phone transfer. It's like a tokenized card Apple on your Pay. phone. Which Apple you Pay is the same thing. In India, I think UBI has taken that lead. But it's still, I mean, card, card payment is significant. The volume is high. If you look at RBI data, I think in terms of volume, card is the largest in India. And I think for this tap and pay, there's like a transaction limit, no? Like 2,000 rupees or it used to be something like that. I think it's 5,000. Beyond that, you... Yeah, yeah. after 5,000, you don't have to enter your PIN. Beyond 5,000, you have to enter a PIN. For that, we have a solution ready, right? We have very small hardware. For higher tickets, if you chip your card in hardware and PIN could be entered on the mobile phone itself. And so that's the workaround. But most of the smaller retail use case is as below 5,000. Unless you go to a, you know, like grocery store, like a Spencer or a Spar, right? Or you go and buy electronics. So we have full coverage. It's just that for less than 5,000, it's more convenient. And beyond 5,000, you have to enter the pin. So for uh, this merchant business, uh, what is the plan? Because if you were actually to acquire small merchants, that would be very costly, like in terms of the... Acquisition costs. That's right, you right. need a feet on street team. Oh, so do you want to go after that market or do you want to stick to retail, uh, organized retail like Spencer Correct. so on? Correct. So the intent is to start with, you know, like chains, organized retail. And even there, we are not trying to, you know, compete with this, this you know, like pause machine directly. So we have been finding use case where it's very hard to operate pause machine. 
but especially your home delivery use cases. But in home delivery use cases, you cannot carry a machine, right? And these days, e-commerce is coming at home. Even a lab testing is happening at home. Even a lot of selling of insurance, education services are happening at home. Right? So all these agents, so wherever there's a moving agent problem, the, the, the solution is much better than the hardware. And easy to carry and easy to scale. If you have, say, 10,000 agents selling insurance, you cannot give post to 10,000 people. That's that's not... Right, right, right. But you can give this app, which could be installed on each of their mobile, and they can accept that when they are inside house of another customer. If you like the Founder Thesis podcast, then do check out our other shows on subjects like marketing, technology, career advice, books, and drama. Visit thepodium.in, that is, T-H-E-P-O-D-I-U-N dot I-N for a complete list of other shows. Before we end the episode, I want to share a bit about my journey as a podcaster. I started podcasting in 2020 and in the last two years, I've had the opportunity to interview more than 250 founders who are shaping India's future across sectors. If you also want to speak to the best minds in your field and build an enviable network, then you must consider becoming a podcaster. And the first step to becoming a podcaster starts with Zencaster, which takes care of all the nuts and bolts of podcasting, from remote recording to editing to distribution and finally monetization. If you are planning to check out the platform, then please show your support for the Founder Thesis podcast by using this link zen.ai slash founder thesis that's zen.ai slash founder thesis